Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I have a very special guest today. We have Doug Middleton of the Jacksonville Jaguars, number 39, safety. We're going to talk about his college in a second because I don't know how to pronounce it well, but Doug, thank you for coming to the show. Tim, appreciate it, man. Thank you. So when we talked briefly about this, because I used to live in Charlotte for like a couple of years, and I went to your college. And I think I pronounced it Appalachian, Appalachian State. And you gave me a disgusting look. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, Appalachian, Appalachian. It's a common mistake, though, but uh, Appalachian State is the correct correct, uh, term. And I told my wife that, and somehow they brought it up, too. And her friends were like, no, you're wrong. I was like, nope, I talked to Doug. He told me it's right. It's Appalachian. And I went to, like, one of the colleges, and they they corrected me right away. But I, I love that. So I, I'm, like, I'm the liaison now. So when that gets brought up, I'm like, hold up. It's Appalachian, okay? There you go. There you go. Appreciate <laughs> I got, that. I got your back. I got your back. But I brought, I brought you on here uh, to talk to you about your organization that you have, which is a great cause, a great topic that. I talk about on my podcast. It's called Dream the Impossible. Can you just talk about that a little bit and what you guys do? Yeah, yeah. So Dream the Impossible is an organization I started maybe about four years ago. Um, after working with Nomni, after working with other mental health organizations, um, I felt like there was a gap um, to where there was just not a, enough focus in the African-American uh, community when you know looking at uh, mental health. I feel like the stigma behind mental health in the African-American community is just so much different than it is just you know, with the generic mission, um, you know, with just focusing on mental health, that there was a need to kind of focus, you know, focus on that. So um, I started a few years ago after um, the death and suicide of my best friend, uh, AJ Morrison. Um, we were best friends since the age of six, grew up in the same neighborhood on the same street. And AJ suffered from severe depression uh, from a traumatic event, um, something that's very common. Um, among many people, um, you know, not just African-Americans, but, you know, people in general. So, um, you know, years later, years within this battle with depression, um, it, it was, it was a tough time. And, and, and after his, after his death by suicide, um, I just really felt that there were so many resources out there that not only that I didn't know about, but other people that were suffering didn't know about. Um, so, you know, I started my organization to kind of connect those resources from the people to, you know, to the, uh, from the people um, to the organizations. So uh, our organization, Dream the Possible, we focus on not only changing the stigma, um, you know, we do it through public engagement, we do it through mentorship with young young kids, uh, but we also uh, work with student, student athletes and professional athletes, college athletes on focusing on, you know, being more than an athlete. That's awesome. And you work with the NAMI, a uh, great organization to be a part of too. Um, I love what you're doing. I love that, especially with working with kids. You, you got to start them young. And I see a lot of the uh, events that you have working with kids. How is it to get through to them on such a tough subject? Um, I mean, it's not really like, so you got to think about it like this, like mental health, you know, it's, it's so many things like people just want to say is, you know, it's mental health, it's a depression, it's anxiety. But it's also the stuff that's on the proactive side. It's about being mentally healthy. It's about, 
you know, using certain tools and certain resources, you know, while you're young so that, you know, when you start to experience tougher things as you get older, you're, you're able to cope with them and you're able to kind of handle them in. So um, really, we just teach them coping skills. Uh, we also teach them how to, you know, really find a good support system, how to identify people that, that could help them and, and ways to, you know, get yourself, you know, give yourself a break from, you know, regular life. So things like yoga, you know, talking to people, uh, you know, working out, you know, just easy little things that, you know, you can use to, uh, you know, stay mentally strong. Keep it body in motion stays in motion. It's always good to stay active. In my mind, I'm the same way. It's like when you sit there and think about things, you kind of get in your own head and, and break it down and break it down. What was some of uh, like AJ's um, signs that you, you knew something was up? Um, yeah. So some of his signs I knew, um, he didn't want to get a haircut. Didn't want to leave the house. Didn't want to take a shower. Didn't want to eat. Um, would not really do anything at all. Um, and this just happened suddenly. Like it just happened like, you know, like the next day. Like it was just, and then like this for like months and years. And and um, he was in and out of the psychiatric unit um, at the hospital. And, uh, you know, that, you know, he would come home and, and really feel like the medicine was just kind of making him feel really drowsy and sleepy. And I mean, not really feeling like himself, like it, I mean, you know, pretty much two different people. So um, he really just didn't enjoy um you know, living anymore, and it and it you could really see it. Um, and I think you know some things that you know I tell people that I not only learn from it is that you know if certain things don't work, you know, just try to be open to trying other things. Like if you know, working with uh this one therapist or counselor doesn't work, you know, be open to trying another one. Or if that you know certain medicine that you're on doesn't work, be open to trying a different medicine. Maybe that one might work for you. So it's a lot of trial and error. A lot of people think that, you know, it's a one-stop shop. Like, you know, this medicine is a cure. I'll be honest, not, you know, necessarily like that. And, and to be honest, that's probably something that I thought instead of, you know, one of the things that he thought. I come across that a lot. When I talk to people about mental health, they compare to other people. Like I'll tell them what medicine I'm on. And they're like, Oh, I hate that. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, it might not work for you, but it might work for somebody else. And that's a good thing to bring up to people that everyone's journey is different. Exactly. And I mean, when it even comes to therapy, I mean, a counselor or a therapist, like, you know, your therapist not, might not look like mine, but, or they could look like, you never know. I mean, just because, you know, just because you're African-American doesn't mean you have to have an African-American, you know, person of color as your therapist. I mean, you might not, you might like talking to a female, you might like talking to a male, it's, it's, it's whatever works for you. You know what I'm saying? So just being able to have all those resources available is, is, is what we're trying to focus on. Exactly. And it is a tough fight to get to that. It's not easy. You can't just call up and, and get what you want when with mental health. Yeah. It's good to open up about it, talk about it. I, I try to stress too. It's like, it, it is a hard journey. So if you, if someone out there that has a friend that they know is going through that, what are some key things they can say or do to help them and support them going forward? If you have any suggestions or. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you just gotta, you just gotta be there for them, man. You just gotta, you know, you know, people are going to want to get help on their own time. They're not, they don't, you know, but what you can do is continue to encourage them, you know, continue to um, give them access to the resources that you may know or you may have. Uh, and and just, just be open to listening. You know, a lot of people think like, you know, a lot of things you can't get over by yourself. Sometimes you need somebody, you know, just to listen to you and somebody to open up to. So 
um, just being able to do that for people until they're ready, you know, at a certain point to where they would like to go get help or like to, you know, see a therapist or a psychiatric that, that psychiatrist that can maybe give them, you know, put them on medicine. I mean, but it, it all starts with just having a good support system. And then once you're, you're able to identify that, um, I, I think, you know, that's going to take you a long way before you even talk about, you know, everybody doesn't, you know, have a mental illness. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's not every single person doesn't have one. But if you can, you know, develop certain tools like that and, and, and put certain tools around people, I think, you know, you will have much more success that way. You know, just being about being proactive on the proactive side. You turn such a like a tragedy tragedy in such a positivity manner. Like to change that over from your standpoint, it just shows your character. And to keep AJ's spirit alive is just tremendous. And I can only imagine the number of people you've helped to this day. That like, how was that feeling when you you feel that you can reach out to somebody and you see that? Yeah, I just did this nominee conference just now, and, and that's something I just said is is that. You know, people ask me if I feel guilty. Um, that was one of the questions. Hey, do you feel guilty, um, you know, about AJ's death? And and I thought that was a great question. And, um, you know, there was a time that I did feel guilty that, you know, I felt like there was more I could have done. And, um, you know, looking back on it now at this at this place four years later, um, I can definitely say that, um, you know, even though AJ died, uh, you know, his story, his life is going to save a lot more, uh, a lot more people. and um, not only his story, but it's going to give me access, you know, to be able to help people that I may have not had the chance to if it wasn't for a story. So, um, you know, that's how I kind of feel about that. What kind of guy was AJ like when you guys hung out? Yeah, he, he was cool, man. He loved sports, uh, loved jokes. He always had some jokes. Um, loved to eat. Uh, he loved track. Track was his favorite sport. Uh, he played football. We played football together a little bit, but we kind of, you know, I remember one story. We were all playing basketball. Ninth grade, we had tried it, tried out for basketball. We both made the basketball team, and then we was like going through practice. And I think we both looked at each other like, "Nah, this is this isn't it." So like maybe like one game into the season, we both quit, went out to run track. So and then ever since then, he fell in love with track, and um, that was something he did all the way through high school and even, you know, after high school. Um, but he was cool, man. He was, it was, you know, he had a big heart. Um, you know, he cared, he cared for people, you know, he always put others first and, um, he was funny, you know, he, he loved the joke. He loved comedy and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the best way to describe him. That's good. Definitely got to keep his spirit alive. You said he liked to like to eat and he, he's from North Carolina too, I assume. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We so, would like to eat. so what is, what is your go-to or do you remember his go-to meal at the cookout? The fast food place because people don't know that. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the cookout, like with the with the shakes and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, I know mine, mine is mine is chicken, mine is chicken strips, fries and nuggets with a pink lemonade. His is. Uh, <laughs> you said that in one one beat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We had a cookout across the street from my school, so we would ride the cookout. Like, I mean, we we probably went to cookout me and him together probably at least three hundred times. So. um I know he, he used to get a, a few different things. He used to definitely used to get a chili dog. Um, he used to get a corn dog. Used to get, you know, the French fries, you know, with the, um, what's the little spice they put on them? Um, like the spicy uh, fries or what was it? The, not the, yeah. um... he used to get the quesadillas. He used to get, I mean, I mean, <laughs> like you said, cookout was across the street. So the it, whole menu. 
the fact that you get the same thing every time, you got to be a pretty generic person. Now, that's me. I'm a very generic person, but he, you know, would like to try different things. But. How, how would you explain cook, cookout to somebody that's not from that area? Because I tell when my I brought my wife to North Carolina. I was like, you, we have to go. Like, you have to see this place. I mean, you want a milkshake? They got them all. <laughs> I would describe cookout as like something that's quick and easy, cheap, and probably the best food you're going to have at 3 a.m. It, exactly. It blows like McDonald's out of the water, everything. I oh, love yeah, it. Yeah. A five-star five star meal at 2 a.m., no question. That's how I would describe it. 2 a.m., 24 hours a day. It's 24 funny. hours. Now, I'm not, I mean, I would go through, we would go to lunch. We would, we would get in, in lunch a lot. It was it was good, man. I, you can't pass up a good cookout shake. No, see, I knew it. I knew it. Um, that's awesome. So to back up just a little bit, yeah. you said with uh, you obviously work with everybody, but you mostly focus on the African American community. I was reading this on the NAMI. Sixty three percent of African Americans uh, think that it's a personal weakness to be open minded about uh, their mental health. Do you have any more insight of like why that could be? Is it like something like racism that plays a big part of it? Um, what would you what would you attest that to? Religion. Um, that's what I would say, especially in the South. You know, when you want to talk about his religion, I mean, even when I spoke at his funeral and I talked about uh, the things that he was going through, the pastor even got up after I was done and was like, hey, like, you know, all that therapy and stuff sounds good and all that, but uh, you really just need to pray about it. Or you really just need to, you know, take your burdens and, and take them on to God and, you know, God to handle this and and, you know, a lot of Christians are point people, you know what I'm saying? They like to say, oh, you know, oh, they must be weak. They must got something going on. If she's going to see a therapist, if he's going to see it, you know, a lot's going okay. on, you know, they look at you kind of different, you know, as, as far as Southern Christians, you know, and um, I I really think that's, that's, that's one of the reasons, man. I, I really, and, and not only that, I think the second reason is that as African-Americans with racism and with slavery, like with a lot of, you know, the generational traumas that we have, um, we've had to push through and be so strong just to overcome a lot of the things. And 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 that's just like where we're accustomed to us. It's like the same thing as an athlete. As an athlete, you taught how to, you know, play through pain. You know what I'm saying? You, mm. You've had injuries, you got to keep playing. You know, as an African-American, you've had traumatic events, you just got to keep going. You know, you don't need to talk about it, just keep going. You know, so uh, I think with all those, you know, combinations, I think, you know, that it all goes in the, you know, play a part. That's very interesting with the church. I uh, I wouldn't have guessed that. I would not have guessed that. That is a uh, yeah. For for most people, I mean, a pastor is like probably the most important person. You know, person to to somebody. You know, what I'm saying like my grandma. I think about it like her pastor is like the freaking Jesus Christ on earth. Like that's like like everything. Like everything is like, hey, did you talk to my pastor about it? Hey, you know, that's 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 like a pretty big person for them. So right. They say something, you know, it's, it's going to speak volumes, you know. So that's a, a thing that people have been trying to do is trying to reach out and, and attack mental health that way by trying to, you know, speak through pastors because they, I mean, they speak so much to communities. I mean, you know, that's that's definitely one way you can um, make a difference. Now, how can people help support Dream the Impossible or what can they do? Can they donations or is there anything else they can do without donations like what, what are some things they can help with dream the impossible I mean, of course donations but you can just reach out on, on dreamthepossible.org um and we're continuously looking to connect people with certain resources so whether it's therapy whether it's you know being able to we're, we're trying to put together a list for 
um, you know, in the area uh, for a lot of student athletes of, of, of people of color um, that are like counselors, therapists, and just some resources to kind of send out to the schools because a lot of them struggle with trying to find, um, you know, African-American help. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like every black student wants, you know, African-American therapists, but sometimes it would be cool to have one or two that may look like you, you know, that may understand some of the trauma that you may have or understand some of the, you know, some of the, you know, background issues that you may have. I was actually reading that on the naming. That was like one of the suggestions for someone to um, that's seeking help to that you could ask for that. And there's not a, there's no issues doing that. So I think um, yeah. there's so much stigma behind, behind mental health, isn't there? Like, it's like the one thing to say it, but then there's all these avenues that you have to get to. And you're like, oh, I feel awkward that I'm even here. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like to, to get to those points in that whole story is just so tough and it's tough for everybody. It's just, man, like, with social media these days, like everybody's trying to prove that they got it going on or everybody's trying to prove that they're successful so hard. And like, and it, and it makes it hard for people to really find like, not only do you see immediate success on, you know, social media, but you don't, you really miss the point of how a person got to where, where they at. They really, you really miss the, the part where they had to struggle to get where they at. And a lot of people try to match up the life that they're living with, you know, success that they may see on social media and, and, and that's kind of where you're having an issue. And it's feeling like, you know, okay, the stigma's like, yeah, I really can't talk about my struggle because, you know, this person's, you know, living like this and like, I need to be living like that. And I don't need to be, you know, kind of showing people that, you know, I'm struggling with this or that. 100%. That and COVID right now is not a good combination. Sitting on your phone all day, like, how is he doing this? And I'm doing nothing. Right. It's a hell of a combination right now, man. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a battle we all have. And, um, you know, you just got to run your own race. That's why I tell people just, you know, run your own daily race and, and attack it from there. And, um, you know, try not to look to the left or the right of you, you know, just try to, you know, focus on the goals that you have and ambitions that you have and, 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 you know, celebrate your success when you have success. It's the best way to put it. Eye on the prize. Just keep going. I tell people you got to eat a Mario style and just, just plow through people. Just keep yeah. going. You're gonna take a couple of steps back, like like you play Mario. If you want to turn the Mario Kart, you, you might die a couple of times, you know, yeah. but you you're, you're reset, you know, you get to play again. So yeah. you know, just keep going. Yeah, you get hit with a couple of red shells, green shells. It's always it's always crap when you get hit with the green shell from behind. You're like, that guy's got a good shot, but you gotta respect yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, you, hey, you respect your losses and, and learn from them and, and and try again, you know. Perfect analogy. <laughs> well, I want to switch yeah. it up, I want to switch it up on, on your end a little bit in the NFL. So yeah. How is it on someone like an NFL player with mental health? Like you were undrafted, you were signed to a team, cut from a team. Like you, you went through a season and injury, right? A pectoral, was it? Yep, I've had a couple of them. Yeah. Um, like where does that put you mentally uh, at times? Like do you check yourself? Like you like everything's gonna be all right? Like how, what is your mind? Like what is your thought process and all that? Because like as just a fan in general, I'm always curious to how someone deals with that. Because if I was in your shoes, I'd be like. I'd be like, what the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's it's a lot of highs and lows. I tell people, this is my quote: um, "You can never be too high, or you can never be too low." Um, and and that's just the story of the NFL. I mean, first of all, it's a blessing to be here, but at the same time, you can never take it for granted. So, the things that you go through, um, you know, getting cut here, getting cut there, the injuries. Um, 
it's a lot of lows. It's a, it's a lot of lows. I've, I felt the lowest of lows, you know, when I've had back-to-back season injuries. But the lowest of lows when I've I've been cut with, with no explanation at all. Um, and how you get through it is just that, I mean, you take a break, you feel the pain for a day or two, you know, and then at the end of the day, you got to get back up and keep going, you know, and, and that's what it is, is, is you can't spend too much time worrying about what other people think about you or what other people have going on because, you know, that's effort and time you could be using to getting better, you know, so um, it's tough. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not tough because it's, it's a tough business. I mean, it's only 1,600 people in the NFL, you know, in, in the entire world. So it's, 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 it's tough, you know, and, and what you got to do is, is just keep striking at it every day and, and find a ways to get better mentally and physically and, um, you know, find a ways to, to really hone in on your skills and, and being able to, you know, I think, I think the people that have the most success in the NFL aren't the people who have the most talent. It's the people that are most, you know, the most mentally strong because there's so much that goes on that people don't even know about that you have to deal with uh, mentally. Um, and I think that's why people, you know, make it to where they are. And, and I feel like everyone thinks like athletes have no emotions. Like you're just like this big tough guy that doesn't, that doesn't like get upset about things. I can only imagine the things that are yelled at you from the crowd. Like I, I, I could not be an athlete. Cause I, I would be like, shut crowd, up. Coaches, the crowd, the coaches is, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. Like I, Tim, I tell you, man, I mean, coaches that say like, they'll like, they'll, I've, I've, I've heard the worst of the worst. I mean, if you want to hear, I give you one story about how competitive this business is and please do, how, you know, how disrespectful these coaches are. So it was one play I was, you know, chasing the ball down some practice in like OTAs in like spring. It's my third season. And, um, you know, one of the coaches was like, you know, he caught me like jogging towards the end of the play. It was like, the play was like way downfield. And I was jogging a little bit. And he was like, is that you jogging? And I said, and I just didn't say anything. He's like, that is you jogging. He was like, well, like, what, what are you jogging for? And I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know, like the, you know, I didn't, I didn't really respond. I'm like the play all down. I mean, obviously he can see it, so I'm not gonna respond and say anything. <laughs> so the assistant coaches in the back, uh, one assistant position coaches, he's in the back and he says, hey, um, you think this person would be jogging? Like, you know, and he was like, no, he was like, hey, didn't we have such and such in here the other day for a tryout? And I was like, you know, he was like, yeah, coach, we had him in. He was like, um, you think he would be jogging? He was like, nah, he, he looked pretty healthy. He coached you. I don't think he'd be jogging. Look like he was really, really in good shape. He was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. He's like, you know what? Why don't we sign him? And so he's, they signed him the next day. No shit. Yeah, that's how competitive it is, man. It's it's a it's a pretty crazy business. I mean, your your job dangles like on thin air, just like that every day. That's know? like soulless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty crazy, um, and I don't think really people understand it. Um, but it's a crazy business. Sounds like it. Do you still have? Do you you must, please tell me you have it. Do you have the fo- the football you got a touchdown with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got All right. A, yeah, yeah. I got the footballs upstairs in my house and stuff. But yeah, I got a lot of. I got a lot of good stuff up there. I uh, I rewatched that play, and you were just bombing down the field. Everyone else is kind of like dilly dicking around, and I just yeah. you just come out of nowhere. 
Yeah, that play was pretty crazy. I think they they actually changed the rule after that um that year, like pretty much like when the ball as soon as the ball hits the end zone, the is it's a dead play. Like after that, so they can't take um, that away from you. you you're breaking yeah, rules and yeah, making yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a pretty cool play. It was the cool. rule maker. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good. Do you, Jay, do you have a football nickname? Do you have a nickname? A football nickname? Yeah, I had one when I was young. Um, what, is, what is it? Cause I got, I got one for you. It was Twinkle Toes when I was young, just because I was like, you know, I played running back when I was, you know, Pop Warner and stuff. So that's what it was. And then, um, uh, in college, it was Dark Vader because I used to hit, sneak, hit people all the time. Like that's I was, a good one. You know, and then, not one in professional like people just called me mid or young mid or stuff like that but that's not like really like a football type All of right. game i got one for you let's start with this though are you uh what would you rather have um an interception or a forced fumble on somebody definitely an interception yeah that's what i was gonna think so this is my thing you obviously know michael jordan right and you know the shrug so you could be Doug the yeah. Shrug, and every time you you make a big hit or an interception, you just go, and they're like, "That's the Shrug." Uh, yeah, I do that. I do that. Yeah, Dude, I do that. I like let's, that. Let's market it, Doug the Shrug. Every big every big play you have, you just like, "Sorry." I like that. I like that. I like that. I, I think I, I did that a couple of times in college, so that would definitely work. <laughs> that would be, be so demoralizing to people. Like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. I just shrugging. I like the mean, that. The mean shrug. I love it. Hey, I was sitting up. I was up all night thinking of that. I was like, I need a nickname for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, dope, man. Appreciate that. No problem. No problem. Um, all right. Let's have a little bit of fun before we end this up. So I, I know I talked to you about it. Let's actually let's start with AJ um, with like your friendship. What was like a song you guys would always like uh, love to hang out to or like a memory? Because I always have songs where I hear it. I'm like, oh, that like t- I time traveled to a certain point. Is it like a certain song he loved or you guys loved? Yeah, so I would say some old future we listened to. We used to love uh listen to old future. Um we used to listen to old Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, so those are two artists that we definitely would listen a lot to together. Be, being up from Boston, black and yellow was like uh, our theme ball, song. Ball forever, ball forever, uh Ball Forever by Future, old classic. We used to listen to that going to school, high school all the time. He would pick me up. His house was literally down here, so he would drive and pick me up on the way to class, and we just, you know, get in the car and go to go to school. What type of car was he driving? He was driving a burgundy, like little compact Saturn. I'm, I was sold on the word burgundy. <laughs> yeah, on the burgundy. Um, what what <laughs> about like he had a Tahoe? He had a black Tahoe for it. He drove that black Tahoe for a while, and I think we was probably the coolest kids in school when he had that. But um. Tahoe, my buddy had a black Tahoe and it, it those things rock. You can you can yeah, just yeah. you can just drive over anything. Oh yeah, yeah. We were the coolest kids in school when he when uh, he, he was able to get the Tahoe for sure. Now um what about like a movie? Like do you have any movie suggestions that you like or movies you guys used to watch all the time? Because I'm a big music and movie guy, so mm. movies, not really a movie. We weren't really movie, we were video game people. Oh. I'm a yeah. huge video game guy. Let's go. Okay. What type of video games do you like to play? I mean, we were playing Madden, 2K, college football. I mean, we, we would play it all. Like, you know what I'm saying? So definitely Madden people for sure. I'm terrible at Madden. Did you ever play fighting games? Uh, 
Nah, we would we the things that we would do. So we would play basketball until the streetlights came on, or we would, and then we would go in the house and and play video games and play Madden and and two K and stuff and NBA Live, um, and then fight, wrestle, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. And then that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah. My favorite Madden was the 04 one with Vic on the cover because you can just yeah. scr- he was like Bo Jackson in Nintendo. You can just run around was, with him. You know. Yeah, yeah. You throw absolute bombs. What teams were you picking? The teams I would pick, I used to like the Colts back then. The Colts was, was probably my team. Yeah, probably back in like 2000, around what, 2004, 2005, around there, like the Colts. So like Marvin um, Harrison? Yeah, Marvin Harrison, Rich Lane. Oh, um, yeah. What, Dallas Clark, is that? that's his name, Bob Sanders. Um so yeah, yeah, I was that was, that was a good squad. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm from Massachusetts. I'm a Patriots fan, so yeah, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the shrug. I'll do Doug the shrug. Eh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not too fond of the Patriots. I think we. I'm pretty sure we didn't we didn't like them at all when I was yeah. in New York. Yeah, that's. Oh no, no, not at all. I think my friends went to a Jets game one time when the Patriots were playing. They just got a bunch of frozen hot dogs thrown at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't like it at all. Like <laughs> that's yeah. wicked funny. What would be so? What, so I'm a huge wrestling fan too. I don't know if you like wrestling, boxing, MMA, or whatever. You're walking down out to a fight. What song you? What song's playing for you? What's your theme song? Oh, that's a good one. Theme song, walking out to a fight. Yeah, like MMA, boxing, wrestling, whatever. Like here comes Doug the Shrug, and he's coming out of the curtain. What song's hitting? I like I like Rags to Riches by Rod Wave. It's probably a slower song, but um. Uh... It'll get me. It'll get me mentally where I need to be for sure. Yeah, I, I like, like it. I like yeah. it. I'm gonna put all these songs together for people to hear. So I like putting little playlists together on like Spotify. It's the best. Yeah. It's the that best. Would be it. So I usually like to end my episodes on things that you're uh, you're grateful for, but a little bit outside the box. Obviously, you do so much uh, for mental health. Uh, AJ keeping his spirit alive. It's amazing what you're doing, and it's awesome. I love seeing this. You taking the time to even talk with me is awesome. I, I've had a blast talking with you, Doug. You're the man. So do you have three kind of like out-of-the-box things that you're grateful for? Like I, like for me right now, if I had to think cookout, uh, I'm super grateful for every time I come down. That would be number one on my list. Um, and you saying just out-of-the-box? like just, Yeah, you know. anything, anything. Like one week I told someone to back scratch up. You ever try to scratch your back and you can't get it? Back scratch is where it's at. Um. To be frankly honest, like I guess something that I'm really grateful for, I would say um, my pool. Okay. Damn. All right. I really really say that because like just sitting out here gives me so much peace, Um, especially throughout all the things that I got to deal with. Like when (laughs) when you talk about football and NFL and the mentally like grind of it and like like the things that you got to go through, you know, each and every day that people don't even know about. Um, so that would, that would definitely be one of them. Um, you know, I'm just thankful to be alive, to be honest, you know, I hear you. Um, thankful to have another chance family, thankful for my family. Um, and I don't know. I love my cars. I'm a big car person. What's your, what's your, what's your, what's your best car? Uh, if you don't buy a Ford Bronco now, I don't know. I do want to. You better. Like You'd be the coolest guy I, on the street I, I, again. I, 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 had, I had like the Bronco. I thought the Bronco was pretty cool. And I want to like trick it out, put colors on it and stuff. And, and then your license plate's got to say shrug. It's, it's, like, 
Yeah, it's not gonna happen now, but that maybe a couple of years from now, uh, like a 30th birthday present, that that could be a possibility. For Bronco would be pretty cool. That'd be, That's a good that'd, point. Yeah, yeah. I, shoot, I get all the great points. All right, I get your nickname. I get your car. I'll, I get you ready. <laughs> That's a good point, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Doug, let's uh wrap up. Talk more about the dreamtheimpossible.org, where they can find you, where they can find them, and anything else you want to say to wrap this up, man. I, again, I can't, I can't thank you enough. Um, again, like you said, you're an NFL athlete. No one asked you to do this for the Dream the Impossible. You're doing it out of the kindness of your heart and soul, carrying AJ Morrison's legacy on. Like, you should like. I'm so happy for you. Like, you're in this life for a reason, helping other people out, and you should feel great about that. And I love that about you, and I'm very happy for you. First, I say thank you for bringing me on the podcast. Uh, but if y'all want to find out any information on uh, the organization or the resources that we can connect you to, please visit us at dreamthimpossible.org or you can check out my Instagram, 36DM underscore ERA or dreamthimpossible36 on Instagram. Um, any one of those, um, you know, you can view some of the work that we do. Um, and, you know, that's pretty much, that's it. And awesome. I, I guess advice for people, Last time a word of advice I would say is, uh, you know, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And, um, you know, you got to treat it as such. And, and you know, it's, it's cool to put others before you put yourself, but just make sure that you do everything you can to to, to take care of your, your own, you know, mind, health, and body. Couldn't have said it better. Doug, I thank you so much. And I love you so much, man. It was great talking with you. Man, thank you, brother. <laughs>